Hey family, it's Joseph here again. Now you have heard me talk about how tech sales has changed my life. I actually wanna introduce you to another career that if you decide to go into it, truly is recession proof, and that is cybersecurity. Level Careers is a platform similar to Course Careers that is self-paced and allows you to obtain knowledge and ed education in cybersecurity, and get this, without prior experience or a degree. That's right. And so you definitely want to get into that. And if you are interested in learning more about cybersecurity, go ahead and click the link below. It's in my description and use my promo code Joseph 10. That's right. Use my promo code Joseph 10 in order to save 10% off of the purchase price of that course. So without further ado, I'm not going to delay you. Go click on the link, check out the free introductory courses and change your life today. And you know, it's happening. Uh, but I'm excited because we, and I'm going to talk about a little bit of things, housekeeping things before I bring on our guests that we have today. But I am excited because we, YouTube, we have reached the thousand subscriber mark. Good morning, Nadia. Good morning. Good to see you. I'm so glad that you're here with us. And yep, you're tuning in from Atlanta. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I'm bad with names historically. I said it a couple of times already. So Queen, not, mm, I'm going to try it. Quana, Quana. <laughs> okay, oh, that's bad. I'm bad. All right, who's from Brooklyn? Who's from Brooklyn? All right, BK in the house. BK in the house, NYC. Um, and so I just had to, you know, I just I just try it name sometimes just to make people laugh and, and other times to make myself look silly. But forgive me for any mispronunciation of names today because historically I'm I'm working on that. But anyway, as I said, we're going live, but I wanted to say thank you to all of the subscribers on YouTube. Clap it up for yourselves right now because we, family, we have officially hit the thousand plus mark and I'm very excited. I started this in December of last year trying to, to help people in regards to landing in tech and we have we've we've made it. So if you're not a subscriber on the channel, go ahead and join the family. Go ahead and join the party because there are a lot of great interviews, a lot of great things that we're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about more about myself in this new season I call season two of the channel. So definitely tune in. And while you do that, I'm going to put great day, everyone. Yes, great day. I'm going to put down. Oh, Detroit's in the house. Detroit basketball. I don't know if you like basketball, but I'm going to put that in there. Q is fine. <laughs> thank you. I'm going to call you Q. Appreciate that, Q. But yeah, definitely. Thank you so for everybody joining um, this conversation that we're going to have today. Now, I have somebody that's special. If you've seen or been a part of the Course Careers family, you have seen him post about his experiences uh, transitioning into tech, him and his beautiful family. And you also have seen you know, him just talking about the real. And so I wanted to bring him on because I think it'll be encouragement to those that are looking to break into tech, pivot into tech, transition into tech, so that we could have this honest conversation about the path to get there. And without further ado, I'm so excited to bring my colleague in here, my friend. Uh, we just met for the first time today. Uh, but I, I'm pretty, pretty sure that this is just the beginning to something even greater. So without further ado, let me bring Kingston on. Hey, Kingston, how you doing, sir? Is everything well with you? Hey, how's it going? It is going really well. It is well with my soul, too. And I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, so like I said to everybody, this is live. So if we slip up, if we say something, have grace for us today, it's in, in early in the morning. And together we are pretty close to having 
the 12 tribes of Israel uh, <laughs> with its combination. Um, not to not to steal his thunder, but as y'all know, I have a, have six children and he's going to talk about how much he has as we go on. But without further ado, what we're going to do first is talk about, you know, the, the, the way these conversations flow. Uh, so they basically flow like this. They're boots to the brain. Boots is symbolic of the journey Kingston has taken to get to where he is right now. And the brain is symbolic of the mindset one needs to have not only to be where Kingston is right now, but to also scale from there. So without further ado, Kingston, I'm going to let you talk about your story from the very beginning, because the beginning is a great place to start. Yeah, sure, man. Um, so I, uh, my background is ministry, went, went to school for that. I got my master's and uh, people know what apologetics is. I got my master's in apologetics and philosophy um, and uh, was a pastor for, uh, you know, several years. Um, all in all, I was in ministry for about 10 years, a little more than that. And uh, yeah, um, it just, it was a, it was a difficult grind. Um, there were some, you know, some community changes, some belief shifts that happened as well. And uh, things transitioned out of that. And uh, I found myself not knowing what to do. I tried doing real estate for a little while. And uh, not selling it, but, um, you know, helping a friend flip houses who was already doing it. And uh, I kind of got burned on that as well. Um, didn't, uh, let's say it didn't go how it was supposed to go. <laughs> so um, lost a lot of time, lost a lot of money. And, uh, you know, I've got a family and I just needed a, I needed a solution and I wasn't sure what to do. Um, <clears throat> I enjoy the idea of sales, you know, uh, being in ministry. Um, we, we never had enough income to really support our family. And so I was doing ministry, but I was also doing a lot of other side hustles. And sometimes those side hustles were sales jobs. Um, you know, they were always temporary because in order to really get going, you know, you have to do it more than part-time. Um, I was always a little optimistic and I would think, oh, I can do this part-time and it will be okay. And it never really, it never really shook out, but I enjoyed doing it. And I made a little bit of money and, um, it was, uh, it was fun. And so I thought, well, I'll just do sales full time. I'll just get into that. And then I had to pick an industry, right? So tech stood out. Um, and I, I, I thought I'd, I'd go for it. And uh, I actually, my wife um, went with course careers. She actually went through the program as well. She ended up taking the kind of the, the knowledge, if you will, and going into insurance sales um, and she's doing that and doing really well with that. She's in a program with farmers um, insurance and, um, you know, she's loving it. Um, but uh, I was going to go another, go through another option other than course careers. It was an option that they were going to place me, you know, like, and I was going to be an intern for a little while. And then, you know, after three months of being an intern, 90 some percent get placed with the company. And I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll take the intern pay for three months for the guarantee of the job after that. That's good. Well, it was, uh, I did all the stuff, did their course, never heard anything from them, you know, was reaching out all the time, calling the number all the time. And then after a few weeks of calling almost every day, I finally get a hold of somebody and they're like, Oh yeah, we don't really work with anybody in your state. And I was like, Oh, well, it would have been nice to know. <laughs> and so so I immediately was like, okay, well, I need to do course careers. Didn't have any money to do course careers. So I'm like, mom, can I borrow some money to do this course? You know, and she was very gracious and supported me in that. And uh, yeah, I, I did the course in uh, two weeks, a little less than two weeks. I just put my head down and 
went through it. Whenever I got to the test, I didn't overthink it. I just took the test and, you know, I passed barely. I didn't, it wasn't a, <laughs> it wasn't an incredible score, but, but what it did is it gave me the confidence, you know, it gave me the assurance to, um, to then put myself out there. And I started prospecting companies, you know, I, I researched, you know, what do I want? What do I care about? I didn't really care what I was selling as long as it was ethical. You know, I didn't really care. Um, I just wanted to be in a company with a good culture. I wanted a good pay and I wanted to be mentored by somebody who knew what they were doing and could help me go to the next level. So those are like my three, those are my three things. Um, and, uh, I just found companies that at least had the first two, cause I don't really know the mentors, you know, that would kind of be in part of the interview process. And I started prospecting them and I had three, uh, three companies. Um, the first week that I really pushed everything out, three companies interviewed me. Um, and, uh, I kind of, you know, I fought for them, you know what I mean? Um, two of the interviews, particularly I, I had to fight for the interviews, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just, it wasn't even as simple as applying and then putting them in a sequence and reaching out. But I had to like, you know, like in the email or I'm in the text message, I had to text the founder and I was like, Hey, look, just give me an interview. Like you're not responding to anything. Just give me an interview. I'm not asking you to hire me. I'm just asking you to sit down with me and see if you like me. That's it. Just interview me. And he texted me back and was like, okay, let's, let's sit down for an interview. And I was like, let's do it. Yeah. And I ended up getting an offer from them too, you know? So it was, uh, it was cool. Um, but all three companies actually did give me offers and I was able to pick from what I wanted. Um, and I chose a company called the man base, um, that, uh, had to fight for their interview. And, um, it was, uh, it's been, it's been really great, man. I've, I've, uh, I've really, really been loving it. The culture is amazing. Their demand base, um, the pay is on the higher end of the SDR spectrum. Um, and, uh, they have an incredible program where you can promote within to like, five or six different positions, like not just AE, but if you want to go into the CSM route, you can go into the CSM route. They even have a bridge to marketing. If you want to get into marketing, they have uh, like just so many different bridges that once you're an SDR and you kind of show your, your aptitude there, then they'll, they'll bridge you to wherever you want to go in the company. And I'm like, okay, like, this is it. This is, this is it for me, you know? So, um, so yeah, that's, and here I am doing, doing this interview with you now i'm telling you your life could change go. so quickly when when just taking right. little steps uh to just to better yourself honestly um and and congregation <laughs> those that are watching uh feel free to write down any questions that you have we're gonna have a q a later with kingston so feel free to write down any questions you have if something that is said that sparks you like whoa that that was good Use the comment section as your notebook. That way you could turn back to it later on. And we're going to have fun because this is going to be a conversation. So let's 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 dive. Let's go back a little bit. Right. You you talked about ministry being in there for 10 years. Ooh, that is a beautiful labor of love. I, I my parents are, are missionaries right now to Guyana. They have a home for street children. My my grandfather was a pastor. My 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 my, my whole side of my family. It's full of people that are pastors, evangelists, you, you name it. They have there's a title attached to it. Um, yeah. Can you kind of, if you feel comfortable, of course, talking about it, can you dive into that grind of 10 years? Because it's yeah. not for the faint of heart. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then we're going to open up the conversation. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it was a it was a definitely a passion for me. You know, it was um, it was something that uh, 
that I loved, you know, passion, I use that word intentionally. Um, you know, we say like, I'm passionate about ice cream. Like I'm like an ice cream is my, like I'll, I'll eat it all the time, but I wouldn't say that I'm passionate for it because to be passionate for something means that you're willing to suffer for, you know, Mm. um, that's a, that's what passion means. And so, um, I'm passionate for my family, you know, I'll suffer for my family. Um, and I was, I was passionate for ministry. I was willing, willing to endure whatever it was that needed to be endured for that, because that was, that was what I was, uh, meant to do, you know? Um, and that time, I believe that in that time, it is what I was meant to do. And so I, um, it was a grind though. It was difficult. Um, uh, because, uh, you know, you're, it's not like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really blown away stepping into like a corporate, I, I don't know if corporate tech is corporate. I don't know. I don't know what that, but stepping into the tech space where, you know, it's not, it's not a church place. And it's, it's the first time I'm really working full time in a place. That's not a, no, it's not true. I did have a stint there where I worked full time somewhere else. Um, but even that was different. So this is, this is like a, and that was for like a few months, but, um, this is a, this is, it's different, man. It's really crazy. And in a lot of ways it's, it's, I don't even know how to put words to it because like, uh, like they like, so demand base has like a, you know, well, like after five o'clock, like I told you, I have a hard stop at five o'clock, you know, on the weekdays and when we're talking about scheduling this, and yeah, like after five o'clock, they don't, they don't ask anything of me, you know what I mean? And that's just not, that's not true in ministry. You're constantly, you know, people are constantly needing things and it's great, you know, and you're, you're available to help. It's, it's difficult to establish boundaries, you know, with family and my family, you know, suffered for that a little bit. Cause I, I didn't do that very well at first, you know, um, cause there were no, oh, well, somebody needs help and I have to go help them almost like a savior complex, you know, yeah. um, which is not healthy. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, so, I mean, there was that, there was, uh, also, you know, it was, it, it was more than 40 hours a week. I had one guy, I remember, uh, a, a congregate who uh is a very that one that was two meetings he he sat down with me and he just wanted to tell me all the things that he didn't like about me and wow. uh he had the elders the elder he called an elder meeting just so he could tell me all the things he didn't like and i'm just like oh well you know like have i betrayed your trust have i you know what have i done and, and it, it literally was three hours and then it wasn't long enough we had to schedule another meeting just so he could continue to talk about all the grievances he has with me you and it, go to Jesus with the, that <laughs> yeah and at the end of the at the end of the five hours it was just like you know the conclusion that we came to is like hey I think you just don't like me <laughs> like like I don't think there's anything that I've done you know like like is there something I've done that I need to I need to ask your forgiveness on is there some type of reconciliation that needs to happen here and the conclusion yeah. was no I just they eventually he's just like I just don't like you and I'm like well I can't really <laughs> I can't really do anything about that, you know, but, uh, I mean, like that was, that, that, that was kind of an embodiment of the overall struggle because you're, you're serving people continually. And, um, you know, you're, you're dealing with both people like that, but then you're also dealing with people who, oh my gosh, like, like express love for you in the purest of ways, like, mm. like people who would, who they would sacrifice, so much for you like my wife and i we were we were in a transition there where we were got a job at a church and it was our first full-time ministry placement and that like 
we had a lease that was ending and it's like, well, do we renew the lease? And then well, no, okay, we'll buy a house. We're going to buy, it was, it's in, I'm in Ferguson, Missouri right now. And this was happening whenever all that, you know, turmoil was taking place. And so, um, you know, it's like, well, it's really important to us that we move to Ferguson, that we live in Ferguson because that's wow. where the church is. You know, we want to own the community. You know, we want to, we don't want to feel like we don't want anyone to perceive that we're running from this. And so we, we were bought a house in Ferguson and it fell through at the last minute. Well, our lease ended. And so we're like, well, we don't know where we're going to go. And literally a lady in the house, a lady in the church moved out of her house in like a day and moved into her mom's house and just gave us her house. And we lived there for like, I want to say like nine months while we're trying to find another house. I mean, like just like incredible sacrifice. And so like you're dealing with all these intense, like major wide spectrums of emotions. And it's like, you know, I've got, I'm dealing with people who, just will never like me no matter what. There's nothing I could do. And then I'm dealing with people who don't even know me because I wasn't even there. I mean, I was I was just starting there in ministry and who were like, I'll, I'll just move out of my house and live with my mom. And I, I told mm. her like, I don't know how long this is. Like, we don't have a plan. Like we have to go find another house, get under contract. Yeah. And we, had, we did it with another house and that fell through. And then we finally got another house. And like, and so I, it, she she's just like, oh, it's okay. You know, I like my mom and, we're fine. They, they lived on wow. the same street. She lived on the same street as her mom, you know? So she's like, you know, it's not a big deal. And like everything, her furniture, her bed, her house, it was all, she was like, it's your house. You just do whatever you want. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, like it was, is I so like, like dealing with the spectrums of that and then, you know, processing all of that and, you know, having to walk the line of, of loving the people who don't really care about you and then feeling like, and, and not wanting to feel like you're indebted to, you know, love that's being given to you. You don't want to assume that there's strings attached. And so, mm. I mean, it was, a, it was an emotional grind as well as a physical grind. Um, Cause I remember that gentleman that had issue with me, he's like, well, how many hours do you even work a week? And I was like, I don't even know, dude, I don't keep track of it. You can't count it. And after that, after that, I started counting it and I was like, okay, I have to stop counting it. Cause I'm, I'm starting to get resentment. Cause I was at 40 hours on Wednesday and I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm not counting it. Cause now I'm really mad at that guy. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> now, now I'm starting to feel entitled, you know, like, and I don't want that. And so I had to stop tracking it, oh but, um, and then also, you know, doing side hustles. So, I mean, it was, a, it was a, it was an emotional grind. It was a physical grind. I mean, it was a financial grind. I mean, it was a, it was a grind, you know, and it was, um, I'll say while I was doing it, um, I honestly didn't so much see that it was a grind until I got out of it. Because like I said, it was just like, this is just what I'm supposed to do. This is just, you know, this is just for me right now. And I believe that it was, I believe it was for me in that, in that season. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I think this is so powerful for people to see, because oftentimes people don't really understand like, or see that side, but it really is. It really is a labor of love. Like you said, I think you said a great passion. It's really is a passion. Um, and sometimes, uh, you know, this is a question for everybody here. Like, what are the things that you are passionate for? What are you willing to sacrifice for? Because there was a lot of sacrifice in that season of your life that you're like, wait, <laughs> if I, you, yeah. like 40 hours by Wednesday, you were definitely like 108 <laughs> plus by yeah. the end of the week. Uh, that's if you could wrap yeah, your mind around that listeners, that's a lot. Right. And so. Um, you just as you're talking, you made me think about a couple of things. And one thing is that word passion, because if you want to be 
I believe in tech sales or any sort of industry, you kind of have to have a level of passion, that pursuit of it and that level of I'm going to sacrifice to get it. And you talked about having a passion for your family. Can you talk a, a, and, and of course, you can provide a little bit of context if you feel comfortable doing that about yeah, your right. family dynamic and stuff. But can you talk a little bit about how your passion for your family led you to tech sales? Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of a, a, a big eventually like there's there's always been this like uh i don't know this weird conversation getting in ministry and, and talking about money you know what i mean like uh you know i remember we we so in ministry we don't have benefits and we couldn't afford health insurance and so i remember going to the elders and being like hey like i need health insurance and it's like six hundred dollars a month to cover my family and like we just don't have that and i remember like having to feeling like I had to, and you know, this may have been more me projecting that onto them instead of them, you know, instead of being legitimate, how they were handling it. But like, it felt like I went into it feeling like I have to prove that like, this is this worthy. Is <laughs> worthy. Yeah, exactly. And so um, like, cause there's just a weird, there's just a weird dynamic when you get into money and, and the church. And, you know, um, again, a lot of that I think was more inside of me that I was putting out into the situations, but um but, uh, you know, I got five kids. Um, my oldest is eight and, uh, my youngest are two, there's twins and they're 10 months old. And, uh, we didn't know we were having twins also. And they came kind of as everything was transitioning. And so we didn't know we were having twins until the second one came out. And I was just like, well, we were not expecting you <laughs> little what? one. <laughs> like, so, yeah. the, so that's, like, wait, one more. Uh, yeah exactly, oh my God. yeah exactly nobody no doctors nobody knew that there were two in there and so yeah it was crazy yeah that was wild and so it's like well now like we didn't even have one of everything because they came early because we didn't know there were twins we thought we were having a premature baby um because twins come early you know and and uh yeah we thought we were having a premature baby and so we didn't even have one of everything yet i'm like well now i gotta go get two of everything um so yeah so we got five kids um and, you know, eventually something in me just kind of uh, shifted where, um, you know, as I'm transitioning and I'm looking for what it is that I need, um, you know, even in minute, even in, in the real estate, I was working with a friend and I was afraid to like kind of stand up for myself and be like, hey, like, because I was kind of a part of the struggle was I was doing a lot of work and the compensation was a little fuzzy, you know, and and I kind of was allowing that for a while. And then I, I something in me shifted and I just was like, hey, I'm not going to allow this anymore. I need to get paid. And this is what I need to get paid. I'm, you know, this is what my work is worth. Take it or leave it. And eventually he decided to leave it, you know. And so then I was like, well, all right, you know, I, I can't, uh, you know, I'm not working for for free. <laughs> so um, so then transitioned into, you know, looking for something else. And it was a priority of mine. And I wasn't ashamed to say it was a priority. Um, that I need, I need income. I need money. Um, I want to provide for my family. Um, and, uh, you know, honestly, it's been having the, the time freed up and the, the increase in finances has, it's really been, uh, it's just been a major blessing. I mean, you know, like I'm able to hang out with my kids on the weekend. <laughs> I've not been able to do that. I remember so often feeling like, you know, there would be like something would come up like an event or something that the kids, my wife has taken the kids to. And, and I, I really wanted to go. And I was always met with this decision of like, okay, well, 
if I don't go, I'm going to really regret not going and spending that time with them. But that if I do go, I always found myself thinking about working and thinking about mm. the next thing and thinking about what I felt like I should be doing in that moment that wasn't getting done. And so yeah. it was always this, it, it was like, no matter what, I'm not going to be content. And the answer there was never to, uh, to, you know, we'll just get out of, I want to be really clear in saying that my answer wasn't we'll get out of, get out of ministry and get into another career. That wasn't my answer to that dilemma. The dilemma was inside of me. You know what I mean? It's always yeah. possible to find contentment in anything that you're doing, wherever you are, if it's expected or unexpected. Yeah. Um, but I just had, I hadn't learned that lesson yet. I was, I will say I was learning that lesson. Um, but I will say having that time freed up, having, you know, you know, enough income um, where, you know, we can just kind of hang out and not have to have that stressor. It's been, uh, it's been really cool. Yeah, man. So, so let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's get into some meat and potatoes for the people y'all go ahead and write your questions down. I know that um, we're going to get into now the tech sales portion of it. Now that we talked about the the life portion of it, because that is important as well to, to understand who, who it is that we're talking to <laughs> and what they've, what they've been through, man, you, you stand out on LinkedIn. Um, and I think that you do it in such a way that, that really kind of sets you apart in regards to your posts. Can we talk about that? Cause I think that kind of played a part into you landing your job. Can you talk about what you did to stand out on LinkedIn? Yeah. So um, with, with what I did on, on LinkedIn, um, I actually, I wasn't posting too much whenever I got the job. Cause I was just, hyper focused on getting the job. Um, but I, I heavily utilized the LinkedIn. I mean, I, the job that I demand base, I didn't find it in a job board. I found it on a LinkedIn post. Um, the, uh, the hiring manager made a post and said, Hey, we're hiring four SDRs. You know, if you want to work with an amazing team, like, and he tagged, you know, five or six people, if you want to work with an amazing team, like these guys with these guys, and, um, you know, if you want to, and you put the pay right there, the pay is, you know, this much commission, this much, uh, base pay. Um, and, uh, like, I was like, dude, like, let's go. Like, and, oh, and he said, he, he said the most, the most creative outreach will, will get you an interview. And so I, I researched him. I was like, okay, who's this guy? And I researched him on, on LinkedIn. It was mostly like nothing that really stood out to personal, you know, um, but then I got on his Twitter and he posted, I mean, it was, he's not even active on Twitter anymore, but one of the top posts was a list of cards, baseball mm -hmm. and football cards that he liked. And that he, he asked like, Hey, does anybody have these cards? Um, and like in these editions and like, I'm like, well, I probably can't afford the edition that, that he wants, but I'm going to look and see what players he likes, you know? And, uh, then I, there was a Ladanian Tomlinson, um, and, uh, I believe he played for San Diego. Um, I don't, I don't really know football that well, football players all that well, but um, he, uh, it, the name stood out because it was a L capital L capital D. The rest of the name was over lowercase. And I thought that that name pops. So I put it in a subject line and I actually bought a $2 card off of Amazon and I mailed it to him to his house that I found on white pages on white pages. There were two addresses listed. One was an apartment. One was a house. So then on Facebook, I see that he recently got married and he's like near, like, I think there was a picture of him standing outside of his house with his, with his bride, like, in, and I'm like, well, he probably lived in the apartment very recently and then moved to the house. So I'm going to go with that address. And I was mm. right, you know, so mailed the card to him, um, you know, wrote the email, 
comparing myself as an SDR to LaDainian Tomlinson, did some research on like, why is LaDainian Tomlinson, uh, you know, a good football player and uh, just compared myself to him. And then I sent a video message on LinkedIn saying, Hey, sent you this card kind of gimmicky. I know, but really I think I'd be an incredible SDR for your team. Um, and he never, he never got back to me. Um, I got <laughs> all that. Yeah. I got his number off of, uh, I got his number off of uh, Apollo.io and I'm, I started texting them and calling them never, never, never gets back to me. Like, and I know I have the right number. Cause like his voice was like, Hey, this is, and you know, it gives his name. And I'm like, <laughs> I know I like every, every possible channel of outreach. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm plugging in and I'm getting nothing. So then I went to the people that he tagged and I, whenever he made that post, I went to those people and I, you know, kind of did a connection request with all of them. I think most of them didn't accept it. But some did. One was this lady named Allie. I thought she was uh, I thought she was a fellow SDR. I thought she was just an SDR. So like I'm messaging her. I'm like, yeah, I sent Matt a baseball card, you know, and not she's like, Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like that's really clever. And like I'm talking to her. She's like, Well, actually, you know, I'm I'm a part of the interview process. Like I'm uh, I, I'm I'm an enablement manager. I, I so like Ooh. I'm like I was like, Oh wow. And so like I just took advantage of that. I was like, as long as she's talking to me. I'm going to be talking back. And so like, we just had a casual conversation and she said, she's never had uh, a LinkedIn conversation like that with a candidate before she even got to the interview. So whenever I sat down in the interview with her, she was a third interview, the third of seven. And so whenever I sit down, <laughs> yeah, whenever I sit down in the interview with her, it was like, we're Ooh. meeting again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she was like the gate, she was the gatekeeper. So she was, it was like, uh, it was, yeah, she was like the she she did the cold call role play and she was the one that was you know and she was the one that then passed you on to go meet with the directors and the managers and stuff and so it's like wow like like that relationship that we had at first really gave me a lot of leverage in that interview um and it's like wow. yeah i messaged i messaged a bunch of other people and i was like hey i sent matt a card i haven't heard from him can you like reach out to him and then most people ignored the message but one guy not even, not even the the gal. You know, we got into our own conversation talking about childhood and stuff. <laughs> and then, and then the, and then the one guy was like, "Oh man, that's really cool. Yeah, I'll ping him right now." And it's like, I'm not no joke. Within two minutes of him sending that message, the Matt got back to me and was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, man, really creative outreach. You know, I'll have my recruiter reach out to you." And I was like, "Oh yes, you know." So like, it was one that I had to, I had to kind of you know, thread and grind for that one, but. uh yeah, it was it was worth it. Very, very well worth it. What a story. I mean, like you took SDR to the next level, like even before you got the job. Think about it. You found it. He yeah. found the he's probably like this guy. This guy is probably stalking me too much. I'm a little scared right now. I, I but, did think that I thought. But then I thought, what do I have to lose? You know, what I mean, like he said, most creative outreach. He put himself out there like I'm not going to hold back. Like, so, yeah, man, I mean, I, I didn't pull any. I, no, no punches pulled on that. Oh man. Okay. Let me, let me ask the audience, would you do something like that? Would you find your prospects e uh, home address, mail them a card in this case, you know, get the telephone number. Would you do all that to land a job? Put, put, say yes in the chat, put no in the chat. I want to see your responses because I want to see how many people are that passionate and that hungry to get in, in this space because like, like that is some real passion right there. Let me see the yeses and nos in the chat. Uh, while that that's coming through, I'm gonna keep the conversation rolling here. 
So you talked about that. You talked about course careers. We both graduated from course careers. Can you let, let me know, like, what, what, what really did you find? What benefits did you find in doing course careers? And how did that change your tra trajectory getting to tech sales? Yeah, so I actually tried applying to tech sales jobs before I did course careers. Like, uh, I, uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't know anything about tech sales. So I was literally going to like indeed.com and I was like, tech sales, like, you know, and then like, like I'm just applying for stuff and I never, I never heard anything back. And, wow. uh, you know, my, my sales experience, um, previously was, was B2C. I mean, there was some, you know, there were some examples where there might've been a little bit of a B2B crossover, you know, um, but it wasn't, it was, it was mostly B2C. Um, and I didn't understand the B2B sales process. I didn't understand how robust it was, you know, because my sales experience was like, you know, you go for that one sit close, you know, you, yeah. you're talking to a consumer and you're, you're trying to get them to just, you know, make the, the, by the time you're talking to them, they've basically already made the decision to do it, you know, or not do it. And you're just trying to, you know, get them over the edge with it. And it's like, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 that's what I was used to. And I, I was translating that into B2B and it's like, that's not it. And I didn't know it wasn't it at all until course careers course careers really kind of broke it down and was like you know hey that uh that was how this is how it looks like this is what the the you know the sales process looks like um and i had i had this the the sales journey i didn't i didn't know that i i didn't I, honestly i felt a huge relief whenever they're like we it's okay for it to take some time it's mm. okay for people to make decisions you're bringing in a lot of decision makers i was like oh so i don't have to do like once it closes where it's, you know, it's like no you just you're bringing, you're bringing people, you know, from the company in on the conversation, you're letting them take time to process it. And, you know, all you're doing is selling a, a meeting. You're not trying to sell the product as an yeah. SDR. And that's the kind of the mindset I brought into prospecting. I, I'm not, I sold that to, to several people I emailed and texted. Like, I'm not asking you to hire me. I'm just asking you to sit down with me one time and see if you like me. That's it. Mm -hmm. You can do that. Anybody can do that. Just sit down with me, you know? And so like, like that, that, that mentality shift, they, of course, careers gave me an understanding of the B2B process that I did not have before. They also yeah. just gave me, um, you know, an understanding of what the role of an SDR was, you know, because, mm. um, you know, again, I'm not selling the product. I'm not selling the service. I'm just selling, I'm just selling the meeting. Okay. I get that. That's different. All right. I, I, I can do that. Um, and then, you know, shifting from that to then what, what happened with what really clicked in my mind whenever, uh, whenever Trent talked about do the job to get the job. And that just was like, okay, that's what I'll do, you know? And, and, you know, they have like the spreadsheet in the course for the sequence. I took that, I altered it, made it my own because there was no calling or texting on there. I don't think. And I was like, well, I'm definitely going to be calling and texting people. Um, and so I added that in and yeah, I just, I, I plugged away. So course careers gave me the confidence and the knowledge um, that I needed. I mean, it was like nine day difference. I went from applying to random jobs that I didn't really understand what they were and not getting any, any feedback to, you know, first week of applying, getting three companies to take interest and in all three offering me positions, you know? So, I mean, that was wow. like night and night and day difference. That is huge. <laughs> That's a huge yeah. difference. Like, yeah, it was big. Oh my goodness. So, so listen here, family, if you're in course careers and you are struggling to land a job, 
know that it's possible and know that these these different methods that's why i have people come on live to do these interviews know that there are different ways that you can do it that you know in fact i gotta i gotta highlight this comment here it's above me now says that was over and beyond i will now basically do what you did the kingston method yeah. we might have to call it the kingston method uh but yeah like you, you definitely want to to be able to wean these different tactics and strategies because this is not only stuff that you could use to land a job, but this is a, these are tools that you can use even to even in your prospecting. And that leads me to my next question with you, Kingston, is in regards to now being SDR, what are some things that you are learning now that you're on the other side in the tech industry? Yeah, um, the biggest thing I'm learning is that everything all the time is changing. Yeah. Um, like, like. <laughs> Like literally, while I was while I was onboarding, so uh, Demandbase has has a long onboarding process because it's a really robust platform um, that you know, and I love how they they segment it out. So they're not trying to get everybody. To, it's not one platform that you have to get this, and it does. It's not. It's a it's a it's a Ferrari. Yeah. But if you only if you only want this part and you just need a Honda, then we'll we'll take this off the Ferrari and give you a Honda. That was a bad analogy, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's there's a lot to understand, and so the the onboarding process is long. Um, and so you know, the onboarding I was onboarding for four or five weeks, um, just learning. Not didn't have accounts yet, just learning the 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 buyer personas and the and the service that we offer and the different the different offerings that we have. And um, I'm also at that time doing research on LinkedIn and looking at posts and like, okay, what are best practices whenever I do start prospecting? And literally what was best practices then what we're getting results then from the time I'm learning about them to the time that I started doing them just a few weeks later, yeah, they were antiquated. And it was like, and then I started seeing posts like, well, this isn't working anymore now, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> like, this is crazy. Like wow. constantly, constantly changing. And so, yeah. um, and it is, it's a difficult market to sell into right now. Um, I, I know that that discourages a lot of people. Um, and I'm not going to lie for me, there's, there are moments where it's like, man, I wish, I wish, you know, I had gotten into this a year ago whenever apparently everything was popping, you know, like that would have mm. been great. But then I tell myself, man, if I can, if I can figure this out now, like in this difficult market, what, like, what's going to stop me? Like, <laughs> like, Sky's the, the limits. like nothing, nothing will stop me. If I can, if I could say I was a successful SDR you know, in 2023, whenever the market was down, whenever, you know, everybody was in panic mode and whenever budgets were frozen, if I can say I was a successful SDR now, or yeah. if I can just say that, and by successful SDR, I'm not even necessarily saying, you know, hitting quota every month or exceeding quota every month. Of course, that's my goal. But yeah. if, if I if successful SDR in the sense that I just stuck through it, I just put my mm. head down. Here's, here's different creative things that I did to try to break through the noise. Here's different uh, you know, here's how many calls I made. Here's how many emails I sent. Here are the emails I was sending. They weren't, you know, person, they were personalized. They weren't just mass spread and spray and pray. Like if I'm able to not just, not necessarily point that to other people, but even to myself, if I can stick through this, then I've yeah. got, I've got it made. And so um, I'm learning that everything's changing. I'm learning that it's a difficult market, but that uh, really the mindset is, is what makes or breaks it. For, for everybody. Mm. And that actually leads me to the, the last question I'm going to have before Q&A. So right now, if you're watching this, if you have any questions for Kingston or myself, 
please drop it down in the comment section. I'm going to get to it immediately after this last question. So now's the time to put it down. Otherwise, it's going to be, it'll be a cutoff because last time we had too many questions. So put, put them in right now so that way we can, we can answer them um, right off the bat here. But my question to you is, and this is something you just talk, talk, touched on, what is the mindset that you would say, the number one mindset that an SDR needs to have in order to be successful in this field? Yeah, it's difficult. I would say um, I'll say for me, it's it's really learning to embrace. And this is going to sound like it's maybe disconnected, but I'll uh, I'll I'll embellish on it if I need to. Um, that everything is as a, everything is as it's supposed to be. <laughs> like mm. just like it, like they hung up on you that's how that's how it was supposed to be you know what i mean like uh if uh uh you know i i had a a friend um you know get laid off and you know that that was i, I like i felt for him i'm like dude that that sucks you know like i can't i can't imagine um but you know now he's he's interviewing at two companies that are even better than where he was you know and it's just like look man like like yeah. everything is as it's everything is as it's supposed to be. Um, so oh. um, having that mindset has helped me, um, you know, kind of because a lot of a lot of the things that a lot of the things that trip us up are whenever we start thinking about uh, the future, you know. So we start getting anxiety, like, oh, you know, am I how am, am I going to get an? So the SDR would be like, am I going to get enough meetings this month? You know, like, yeah. oh, and we're already halfway through the month, and I've only got you know you know, 10% of my quota hit. I'm not sure. Oh my gosh. I don't know. So it's like in that moment, there's only one place that we're not. And it's the present We're we're in the yeah. past thinking about, well, I only got 10% and in the future thinking like I got 90% to go and I'm already halfway through the month, you know, yeah. so there's this, but we're not, we're not in the present. And, and for me just telling myself, Hey, everything is as it's supposed to be. That yeah. helps me kind of pull myself out of that and then come back to just right here. And then whenever you're here, now you can be like, okay, well now what do I need to do? You know, like what, what do I, what do I do? Because if you're reaching out yeah. to prospects with, uh, you know, with commission breadth, you know, with, I need you to, I, you have to take this meeting because I have to hit my quota. You're no longer in the business of serving people. You're no longer in the business of mm. trying to offer your service as a service Absolutely. to them. You're trying yeah. to serve yourself and people feel that, you know, people feel that people don't like that. Um, it doesn't resonate with your spirit whenever you're doing it, even though, you know, you may not realize it and it's just, everything's, everything's out of alignment and I, it, you don't, you don't perform as well. You don't do as well. Um, and, uh, whenever you're focused on performance, I think people who focus a lot on performance don't perform very well, but yeah. whenever you're focusing on just you yourself, you know, this is what, this is, this is my best in this moment. What's my best at this moment, um, yeah. to do, uh, to, to quote frozen Two, the next best thing you know like just just what's the what's the what's the next best thing like just that, yeah. that what next step do i need to do right now and a lot of times getting getting caught in the past and the future can really uh keep you from taking that next best step um or make you try to run through something you know and really it's just slowing down centering yourself and everything is as it's supposed to be and mm. now now that i know now that i know that from that frame of mind, I can look and see I'm, I'm here because I'm supposed to be here. Now, what do I need to do? Yeah, that's so good. 
That is so good. Everything is supposed to be. That just saying that out loud brings your stress levels down. It brings your like everything's yeah. what it's supposed to be. I mean, it that that is exactly what you want to be. And so with that being said, QA time, and I see some questions coming in. I see some questions coming in, but I'm gonna put it up here for a little bit. Reminder, QA. This is the time that you can ask questions to both Kingston and myself, and we'll try our best to answer. So I'm going to go with the first question I have here, and that is from Mr. Uh, Cameron Johnson Jackson. He says, final exam tips. And you're like laughing because you're like, uh, final exam? Uh, what was that again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my answer, uh, Cameron, would be just just take it, um, you mm -hmm. know. Um, there's been there's been several people that I've talked to, you know, people have reached out to me. Um, a lot of people reach out to me asking me this, this exact question. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, if you, if, if, if you took the time to even try to understand the course, chances are you're going to do well on the test. And I understand test anxiety is real. Um, mm -hmm. that's why fortunately they give you, they give you two opportunities to take it. Um, and then after that, you can still take it. You just got to pay a fee for it. Just I, like, for me, my mindset, my mindset that I know you're probably looking for like, you know, questions that were asked or something like that. Um, they change those, I think. And so like, I don't they, like it, there's oral, there's written, and then there's multiple choice. And uh, if you understand, you know, spin selling, if you understand, if you actually read the books, if you're able to break down what the sales cycle is, um, if you're able to explain what the SDR's role is in the sales cycle, you're going to do well. But a lot of people that I talk to, they just get hung up. Like, well, I, I finished the course two weeks ago, but I'm still studying for the exam. I'm like, you took the, the course was studying for the exam. Like, that's what, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you studied. Now you're supposed to just take the exam. But, you know, yeah. we're not in school where it's like exam day is, you know, the 12th. We don't have that. We, we get to choose when to take that. And a lot of people freeze up and they, they're afraid to do it. Just do it. And don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid yeah. to fail twice. Don't be afraid to fail five times. You know, if you got to do a couple hours at your day job, at your other job in order to pay that fee to take the test again, then just do that and have the mindset of I'm going to pass this test eventually. And eventually you're going to get the same questions that you got previously. You get to keep those and you can just study that as a study guide. You're going to pass it. So just, just take it, man. You got it, Cameron. Yeah, absolutely. And if I could piggyback on that, going back to what you said earlier, all, all is what's supposed to be right. So right. So I want you to kind of because I'm, I'm a person that took it twice because <laughs> the first time I took it, I was like, I don't like that. I don't like that score. <laughs> I'm just going to, you know, uh, and I was actually advised to do so, which I'm not ashamed of saying um, I, yeah. I took it twice. And both times Bro, I barely passed. I barely passed. Like, I, I, it, yeah. 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 I, and I think we're in the same <laughs> the same boat. Um, and so, like, I'm not going to say the score because the score doesn't matter. What, what does matter is the retention of information. And yeah. what do you are you able to articulate what you've learned? So what I would advise you to do is if you could go to your family member, whether it's a, somebody that lives in the house with you or a friend, and you could be able to articulate and explain the information to them without really with, with, it, with it coming naturally to you, then you're in a good spot. I think that yeah. a lot of times, like 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 Kingston said, people get hung up on the exam and. And that fear could be crippling. And I'm going to address that fear because I, I want to make sure that you understand. Like I, I had our sixth child on a day of my interview. I had to reschedule that interview. We didn't even make it to the hospital. That's how crazy that day was. We're like, well, we did make it, but we're like, yeah. baby was born in the car three minutes away. Uh, and oh, my so, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Dude. 
<laughs> that was a, quite the day. Um, but the anxiety I had in that period of time, because I'm like, okay, I want to have a vision for my family. I want to do this. I want to do that. It, it paralyzed me. Right. And so when I, when I was taking the exam, my, my head was spinning. I'm like, I can't get up here because it's proctored. You know, I'm like all this sort of stuff was going on <laughs> and I had to just kind of be like, like, you know what you got here for, you, you did all the work that was necessary to do. You can do this. And so the yeah. first time I took it, I didn't get like the score that I had. I took it again, got a little bit better. But I said, hey, that's not the point. The point of me is getting a job. <laughs> There's people that have right. that haven't even gone that they haven't even took the final exam of course careers that have landed a job. So the goal, yeah. you always want that goal to you want to understand what the purpose behind that behind that is, is not for you to not just to have the certificate, which is great, but you want to be able to have the knowledge and be able to execute that knowledge. You want to be able to use right. wisdom and have the skill to activate that wisdom. So I'll leave it at that. And, and thank you for your response, Cameron. I appreciate it. it uh, I've overcame my fear this week and put real hours into studying. You got this. You got this. You definitely yeah, have it. You got it, sure. All right. And, um, any, any other questions from anybody else as they're coming in? As, that was a great question, Cameron, by the way. That was a very good question. All right, I have one here, and it says, "How many jobs did you apply to an interview?" Uh, I think you mentioned it already, so I don't know if you want to uh, mention it again. How many? I don't think you mentioned the number, but yeah, a lot. Yeah. So, um, as I was kind of wrapping up the the course, um, and again, the timeline's a little fuzzy for me, um, but I believe as I was wrapping up the course, I was applying to places, um, and I thought I'll apply now. And then I'll put them into prospecting sequence, you know, like next week, whenever I, you know, take the exam and all this kind of stuff. Or I think also I had a lot of uh, family issues going on as well. Like during that time, I, I can't remember what my reasoning was, but my reasoning was like, I don't like right now there's a lot going on. I can't really confidently plug them into a sequence. So I'm just going to apply places. Um, and then uh, I'll plug them in. But what I realized is a lot of these people are quick to respond. And so I would apply. And then before I would even get to the next week to put them in a sequence, I was getting rejection emails. And so I'm like, oh, okay, so I got to I got to do this right away. And so it was that I don't I, maybe I applied to 10 or 15 places like that. And I kind of scrapped that. I was like, OK, I'm not going to I'm not going to do that anymore. And so the I sat down on a Monday and I applied to. I want to say it was around 10, like around 10, like but it may have been like 11 or 12. Um, but I applied to them, but I had a, a system where like the second I apply, I begin my outreach. You know, the second I apply, I send the email and I, you know, send the, the LinkedIn message and I make for sure that I, before I even applied, I had their number and their email and the, the different personas that I was going to reach out to. Um, I already had all of that. Um, so it was, a, you know, we'll say 10 to 15 um, that that week that I really sat down with that system. And that was the week that I got three responses of, you know, interviews starting. So by the time the next week started, I was I had interviews scheduled and I didn't do any more prospecting for companies because I'm like, well, now I want to focus on researching the companies and understanding them. So it was uh, it wasn't that many. Um, it was, uh, you know, 10 to 15 once I sat down with that system. Yeah. 
And I think just to just elaborate, um, not to elaborate, but to clarify in case you missed it, Mark, he also mentioned this is like uh, ACC, after course careers versus BCC, before course careers. Before course careers, he right. he applied oh, yeah. for plenty of jobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was mass applying then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never got anything back. I wasn't calling anybody. I wasn't emailing anybody. I just was like, this is a pretty good resume. They'll, they'll like it. Nobody, nobody liked it. Nobody. <laughs> no, and, and, and I appreciate both of you, Cameron. Thank you. You said thank you. Uh, and Mark also said thank you as well. And I'm going to add to that by saying one more thing. And, and while, while I'm talking again, please write your, feel free to put in your questions here. But, um, one thing I want to add to that is I realize how powerful doing outreach, like you said, is because oftentimes the rejection letters are coming from the algorithm or whatever system they have that basically says this person doesn't have the keywords, this person doesn't have the keywords. That's why the responses were so quick because the machine is just like, no, no, no. So when you are able to do outreach on top of it, it's not like a, a, a cherry on top as much as that thing is that thing is probably the bowl that's holding that, your ice cream together. Yeah, that is your resume. Your outreach is your resume at yeah, that point. Exactly. So that's how powerful it is. So I want people to realize that it's not really as much of an option. If you want to get a, a job in tech sales, you got to do the job. You have to do out. You have to do research. You have to do prospecting. And then you get to that that interview, which is your discovery call period of time, right? So you 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 have to do that in order to get the job. And there's no kind of going around it uh we have time for about two to three more questions i'm looking at my imaginary wristwatch <laughs> uh we, we have about two more questions so her, uh i'll let you guys hurry up right now because we got two to three more questions and then we'll call it a day and even if you, even if you ask a question already feel free to ask another one I do have uh, something I can, a bit of advice I can give on the interview side um, mm -hmm. while we're waiting on a question. Um, mm -hmm. The uh, one thing that I did that I actually, there was a last interview at Demand Base. It was supposed to be six, but one of the directors wasn't able to make the group interview. Um, and so he asked to interview me on his own separately. So I'm researching him, right? And he's the, he's the big, he's the, he's the top guy in the sales development organization. And so um, I'm researching him. What does he like? You know, and I, he made a comment on somebody's post. Uh, somebody posted like, Hey, if you got a sales job, take the company that you're applying to find the ICP of that company, um, find an ICP and then find a real person, a real persona that fits their buyer persona and write a 10 step cadence to them and put it in a slide deck and bring that to your interview. And he commented on it and said, I love it when candidates do this. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm going to do that. And I had a few hours before the interview. And so I just, uh, I made that slide deck real quick. I found an ICP. I found a guy that I thought was a buyer persona. And I wrote, I wrote uh, a sequence. I wrote, I actually wrote the emails out. I wrote a script out of what I would say on the phone and what I would leave as a voicemail. And, you know, then what I would do next. And, um, I presented it and I, you know, I made it really clear, like, Hey, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, saying that I have all the answers, but I'm hoping that this shows you that I have the drive, um, that I have the, the, the aptitude and that, uh, and that at the very least I took in time to see what interested you and what you liked. And he loved it. It wasn't the best sequence. My emails were way too long. Um, you know, it was, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't really 
all that good, but it was the effort that uh, really solidified it. He told me that the moment he saw that I was hired. So, um, you know, if there's advice I can give in the interview, if you do that, um, I think that'll really help you stand out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we got a, qu we got a question that came in actually while you were talking here and I'm going to post it right here from, uh, Mr. Mitchell here. He says, either of you speak to someone who's already in tech, how going into tech sales has helped or hurt them. So let me, I think I could talk about it because I interview so many people from various backgrounds in tech and then Kingston, feel free to chime in afterwards if you haven't, if you have a thought about this. But the people that I've interviewed that have transitioned from software engineering or something like that into tech sales, they've actually said it's been one of the best, better moves for them because at the time they're looking for, for income, greater income. And so they were doing good, but they were capped um, income wise for whatever reason they were capped and they couldn't accelerate past that. It wasn't until they got into tech sales and they were able to grow and be promoted that that cap that was probably once what 150 or even 250 went up to like 450, you know, 500 plus. And so depending on how well you because the higher you go, the more expectation it is. I think people got that misconstrued that. You, I could just go into tech sales and sit nice and pretty and they just be throwing money at me. No, you got to work for it. <laughs> you you got to work yeah. for it. But high risk, high reward, right? And so that's kind of what I've seen from people that have transitioned into tech sales is as long as you have the skills and you're working towards those skills and you're building those skills and you're bringing in the revenue, you know, chances are you could grow. Now, that's not the case for everybody, especially in the, the market that we're in. But what does a business need in order to be a business? they need to sell. <laughs> and so right. that's like the baseline for any business. So as much as people are like, man, I want, jo I want job security, tech sales provides career security. And so that's why I want to encourage anybody who's thinking about transitioning into tech sales. Hopefully that answers your question, but that's my response. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I agree with you completely, Joseph. Um, so the, there's, there's, there are people that get into tech sales and I think they get into it misunderstanding exactly what it's going to be. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe they don't quite have the, the, the correctly adopted mindset to really get into it yet. Um, and they, they may get chewed up and spit out. And there's also some companies that have a reputation for chewing up and spitting out, um, candidates, um, and, and, and SDRs. Mm. And you just, you like you, you can nowadays with, with you know Glassdoor, and if you have access to RevView, there's there's ways to avoid those companies, and you just to just avoid them. But there are really good companies out there that really do care. Like my my manager cares about me as a person. You know what I mean? Like he he, Same. whenever we have one on ones, he's talking. It's not just like, hey, how can we get your numbers up? That that conversation's there too. Like, how can I get better? But it's also like he he takes interest in me and in my family and. Um, there's companies out there that are like that. And so, yeah, there are people who have gotten into tech and who probably feel like they're worse off for it. But I think those people, um, were, I can't say a hundred percent of the time, but I think most of the time they either didn't quite have the right mindset or they got into a company that is just not a healthy company. Um, but then there's a lot of companies that are, that are really great and, and really awesome. Um, and they'll coach you and they're looking for new people. Um, they're not afraid of new people and they're not afraid to coach people that they see potential in. So, um, so yeah, 
And the people that I'm talking to in tech, most of them are at my company. And I mean, you know, like my manager, he started as an SDR. He's now an SDR manager and he's been doing it for a long time. And he's so content with his life and he's crushing it. I, AEs I talk to, CSMs I talk to, they all, I started as an SDR and I love it. This is, you know, total game changer for me. So yeah, it can be, it can be a game changer or it can be just another, uh, another, uh, this may sound harsh, um, but it can, I don't mean it to be, but it can be a game changer. It can be another excuse for you to be a victim. True. It really can. Well said. Well said. Hopefully this answers your question, Mitch. Oh, another one. Oh, he says, thanks guys. I've started a course. I haven't started course careers yet, but I believe in, in it so much that I've influenced others to start. I am soon. Thanks again. Yeah. It's definitely honestly life changing yeah. for me, man. On so many different levels, I, I probably have to have another video just to talk about that because it's not just you know getting into tech. There's so many other benefits about about actually being a part of course careers. So actually, you know, I have I, if, so if nobody else has a question, I have one right now. Can you talk about a day in the life for yourself as an SDR? I think that might help them see contextually what you're talking about earlier when you said yeah. like like what what to expect. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, again, it's, it's different on company to company. Um, but, uh, what, what demand based sells is we sell a software that basically provides, um, a, a account engagement and intent data. So we're able to see if an account is searching for our solution online. Um, even if they haven't come to our website, um, we're able to see if an account has come to our website anonymously and what websites, they what web pages they visited on our website. So then we're able to reach out to them because we also sell sales intelligence. Um, so we're able to then reach out to them and, uh, and you know, say, hey, I see that you're engaging on our website or I see that you're searching for our solution. You know, let's talk. Um, so what that enables me to do is that enables me to, instead of, you know, having to make 200, you know, 150, 200 calls a day and send, you know, 100 emails, um, that what they told me is, you know, 30 to 50 calls a day, 20 to 30 emails, but they're, they're targeted, you know, they're real intentional. Um, and I do more than that because I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to learn, you know, and you learn by doing. Um, but, uh, but what I do, what my, a day in my life is, is I, I start around six or seven in the morning. Um, and I do that because I start kind of researching the accounts um, that I'm going to be reaching out to. I want to understand them. I want to try to understand their pain. I want to try to understand, um, you know, every day I try to add at least, and there's been some days I haven't because I've just had too many tasks, but every day I try to add, you know, one or two accounts into my sequence. And so um, I do research on those accounts that I'm adding. I try to understand them. I try to, you know, okay, what, based off of what I see that they're searching, based off of the personas that I see that are engaged, what, what could their possible pain point be? What, how could we best help them? And then uh, I'm writing emails until eight o'clock. And whenever eight o'clock hits my time, that's nine o'clock where you are, Joseph. That's whenever <laughs> office is open. And at nine o'clock, I'm calling the East Coast. Um, and then at eight, yeah, at eight o'clock, I'm calling the East Coast. Nine o'clock, I'm calling my time zone. 10 o'clock, I'm calling Mountain. And then 11 o'clock, I'm calling uh, you know Pacific. And, and I, I do that. And I'm writing emails. In the meantime, I'm researching personas. Um, and then I have another call block later on in the day. Um, and so for me, it's just a lot of research. It's a lot of uh, looking for um, looking for those pain points, looking for those levels of personalization at the account level first and then at the personal level. Um, 
and uh, just trying to create it, find creative ways to break into accounts, you know? So I'll even uh, sometimes send messages to SDRs. I've done that before where I'm like, Hey, they're not responding to my email. Like, <laughs> like you're, your 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 VP of demand gen's not responding to my email and I need to talk to them. So like can you can you help me out? Can you introduce me? Um, you know, so I, I'm 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 trying to find all different ways to kind of uh, you know that that's that's your job. So there's there's a set task list of okay, I need to make these calls today and I need to send these emails. And then in the meantime, I'm exercising creativity and I'm uh, you know, okay, so if, you know, the ones that aren't responding to the emails how can I, and they're, they're reading them. How can I get them to take that next step? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the best answer I can give. And then at five o'clock I'm done. <laughs> that's a great answer. Actually. I don't even want to add a little more to that, but pretty similar, you know, you're being a detective. That's my point of view. You're pretty much being a detective. Um, and I would add to that saying that, you know, at least in my company, there's meetings throughout your day. So you're kind of working mm. and revolve around the meeting. I forgot spinning. those. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you, so yeah, everything, like, you, yeah, <laughs> but everything you said is true. Like, and then you just kind of have to like revolve your life around that. But I want to even add a little bit because they like to hear a little of this stuff too about, you know, you, at least for me, we really, if you, if you're able to really kind of maximize your time, they actually encourage you to take walks. They encourage you yeah, to take care of your mental health of if you go, Hey, you want to go to the gym, go ahead, go to the gym. Right. That yeah, you could, you could, you could have a little more freedom and structuring your day as long as you make sure you keep your quota and you meet those meetings and stuff like that. So, so with that being said, if you're looking for a little bit more flexibility, this is definitely the industry for you. I mean, yeah. 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 Again, you want to, you want to clarify that in the interview because there's some companies that are not like that, but a lot of them are. And yeah, the the man base is the same way. They, you know, our CEO hop on a call all sweaty and be like, I just got out the gym. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> make sure you make time to go, you know? So, you know, yeah, yeah. It's uh, there is, there is that flexibility too. Even on Slack, you know, I don't, I don't know if, the, if you guys have uh, the little dog walk thing on your Slack channel, but oh, right. you can see like somebody's taking their dog out. They'll put it on the calendar. I'm taking my dog out for a walk right now. Yeah. And uh, on Slack, it'll have a little dog walking next to their name. <laughs> and it's like you know okay well they're probably not going to respond because they're walking their dog right now so yeah no we we don't use slack i slacked in a, in a company uh that i worked for years ago but no we don't use slack but i, yeah. I, I that's hilarious not think about it because i can see the icon in my head like just like yeah right there. the dog walking the dog walking uh well would that be <laughs> well thank you mr mitchell i'm gonna add that to it so everybody can see that like he said he said great stuff i appreciate you i appreciate everybody that was here uh, if you are here, thank you so much for joining us. Like this has been great. And I think that this is going to be helpful for a lot of people. If you haven't already, like I mentioned in the beginning of the conversation, the YouTube channel has finally passed the a thousand subscriber mark. So if you want to go ahead and jump on that, there's plenty of interviews similar to the one that we had today with Kingston that are there that I mean there's some people that have reached out to me and said man this this thing this nugget right here has helped me land a job here this nugget right here has really kind of cl- added clarity to me so if you want to go ahead and of course it's your your choice you're grown but go ahead and <laughs> click uh, <laughs> click go to uh, youtube.com forward slash at techniche tips and then go ahead and subscribe again you're grown uh, if you, this was great for you go ahead and like this as well share this with other people just a little bit of a warning though for my uh linkedin people if um, i'm probably gonna keep this on for probably in 
24 hours or so, and then it's coming down, but it will be remaining on YouTube. So go ahead if you want to see the replay of this and subscribe to the YouTube channel for more. With that being said, thank y'all. We really appreciate Kingston and I, and I hope to see you on the other side. Take care, family. Hey there, thank you so much for watching this video. This video is actually sponsored by Course Careers. So whether you're interested in breaking in as a tech sales representative, if you're interested in actually doing IT or digital marketing, not only do they have free introductory courses for you right now, go to the description and check that out, but they also have $50 off that you could get from, through me, Joseph50. That's right, $50 off through Joseph50. So if you're interested in getting into that course any which one, whether it's, again, tech sales, IT, or digital marketing, look no further. Go down to the description below, click on the link, and sign up right now. What are you waiting for?